let's uh, turn to Leviticus 25. We're going to talk about the Shemitah mystery. Shemitah is a seb every seventh year um, there is a Shemitah Sabbath where you're supposed to give the land rest and think about think about this that in creation on the seventh day or it said that Yahweh created the earth and on the seventh day he rested and then it said that he established in Exodus um, the Sabbath, that that was, be, was going to be an eternal law. So we would have, again, six days to do whatever we want. And on the seventh day is a Sabbath to him for us to rest. And it's a, an appointed time to spend with Yahweh and then we come to um, in Leviticus 25 and it's going to introduce and Yahweh's going to establish a seven-year rest for the land and again it goes to the principle six years to do whatever you want grow as much as you want but on the seventh year, it is, a, is, it is a Shabbat. It is a Sabbath, and that the land was to rest. And a lot of things I'm going to share with you, it's just awesome when you think about it. And until a few weeks ago, I didn't ever think about this, even though you hear about it. Um, but anyways, in Leviticus 25, starting in verse 1, it says, And Yahweh spoke to Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, speak, speak to the sons of Israel. Say to them, When you come into the land which I am given to you, then the land shall keep a Sabbath to Yahweh. And this, you're going to see that this is connected. Last week we talked about the feast of a of um, trumpets and this the end of next week or this coming week will be the feast of atonement and we said last week that all feasts are sabbaths and i realize some of us have circumstances where we still have to work um but like what i'm i didn't i don't know why i never thought of this last year but we're, we've made a decision that at the beginning of the year, um, every Sabbath day that is considered a high Sabbath connected with a feast, um, we are going to put in as a vacation day um, so that we are able to keep it as unto Yahweh. Um, fortunately, we don't have to worry about the seventh day Sabbath because we already do that. But anyway, so it's going to be 
you'll see that this is connected with the Feast of Atonement. And basically the Feast of Atonement, I know in um, the Hebraic days, the Feast of Atonement, they put the sins of the nation upon a bull. They sacrificed the bull. Um, they also, the high priest lays hands on a goat who is considered a scapegoat and then they send that scapegoat out into the wilderness to take away the sins from the children of Israel. Okay? Yahshua took our sin upon himself and he is our scapegoat. And because he took that sin, he is our atonement. And so that's my basic um, understanding as of this day concerning the Feast of Atonement. And to me, the Feast of Atonement uh, connects pretty closely with the Feast of Passover because both those feasts have to do with Yahshua being the Passover lamb, Yahshua being the scapegoat in the Feast of Atonement. Um, but anyways, so it says here that you shall keep uh, Sabbath to Yahweh for the land. You shall sow your field six years and you shall prune your vineyard six years and shall gather its produce. And in the seventh year shall be a, a Sabbath of rest to the land, a Sabbath to Yahweh. And you shall not sow your field and you shall not prune your, your vineyard. You shall not reap that which grows of itself from your harvest. You shall not gather the grapes of your unkept vine. It shall be a year of rest to the land. And then it says, And the Sabbath of the land shall be to you for food to you, and then it says to your male slave, your female slave, your hired one, and to the tenant and those living among you. So remember when Yahweh instituted the Sabbath, he said whether it's your, your um, household your, or your children or your wife or your male servants, female servants, hired hands, and then it even says about your animals that the Sabbath is a rest. So everybody, and how that would correlate to today's world, even though everything in the scriptures, the Hebraic people were very agricultural. Most of us, including myself, don't have a great understanding of agriculture and how it all works because we live in a city, we grew up in the city. All we knew is, you know, kind of like go to the grocery, grocery store and buy it. And some people have the mentality, you shall not kill murder. You shall not kill cows or chickens. Just go to the grocery store and buy them. <laughs> you know, that's the mentality of most people. So anyways... 
or the meat fairy. But anyways, so when Yahweh established the Sabbath day, everybody was included. And this also connects with our, our world today. Biblical businesses should be giving their employees the Sabbath day off um, as a day off. Okay, now, in my line of thinking, when we get done with this study, I personally believe, okay, now think of the level of faith that it's going to take to operate in this. Because for a whole year, that farmer says he's not planting and he's not harvesting. So he's got hired workers. And to me, it's his responsibility that even though he's honoring Yahweh, he just can't let them go go aside. He's still responsible as their employer to provide for them. In the same way, our nation, most businesses have now forsaken the mentality and the responsibility that they have to their employer when their employer, when their, I mean, employee, when their employee retires. They feel they have no responsibility to them. They give them a going away party, maybe a watch, a trip somewhere or something, and they think that that's hunky-dory. You're still biblically responsible. It's just like as a parent, when your child gets 40, you're still responsible in a certain aspect to still keep a watch over your child to make sure your your child is healthy. You know, you know, you're still being a parent. Maybe not to the degree when they were children, but you're still overlooking them. You still have that parenting um, conviction in your heart to keep one eye on your child to make sure he or she is is good, he or she is right. And if that 40-year-old child gets into a, a jam, you will come to their rescue most of the time as long as they're not, you know, doing stupid stuff. So in the same way, Think about the level of faith that, as we read this, that it took for the children of Israel to submit to this commandment, this law, this statute, and then to shut down their operation on the seventh year. And I would encourage you, Google... Um, Shemitah, S-H-M-I-T-A, on YouTube. And there are some good teachings out there. Now, some rabbis say this is only for the land of Israel. This is only for Jewish farmers. But, but I, don't, I don't go for that because we have been grafted into Israel. We are just as much part of Israel as Israel is part of Israel. And we 
still need to operate and be willing to obey this commandment. Now, the thought that came to me is Yahweh is always trying to look out for people's best interest. He's wanting them, even if you're 85, to be fresh, to be healthy, whole, sound and complete. And if the land had to rest on the seventh year to give the land a Sabbath, could it be possible that we as human beings are to rest from regular employment on the seventh year and just get refreshed? You know, taking just one day off doesn't really refresh me. Taking a week vacation usually doesn't refresh me. But if I take two, three, four weeks, I'm pretty good to go. You know, I get totally refreshed. And then you also get to enjoy life, um, maybe go places, see family, this, that, or the other. And yes, we don't, we're not taking care of, of the land. And like someone else pointed out, Israel during this time was like the mountains in America. Plush green, antelope, deer, um, rabbits, uh, cows, bison. Wildlife was just flowing. You can go out, you know, your back door and go hunting and shoot whatever you needed to shoot. And so um, today in Israel, mm -hmm. they said in the total nation of Israel, there's 200 deer. You go, you go to the deer, you go to North Carolina mountains, you'll probably see 200 deer in a few days. Well, unless, it's, unless it's hunting season, then they, they seem to all disappear. I know in, in the mountains of New Mexico, when we would go there um, in November, they would be all over the place. Elk, deer, antelope. They'd be in the city. They'd be everywhere. And our son told us when it was hunting season, there wasn't a one. You couldn't find one. So they know, hey, head to the hills. Two-footer people. But anyways... If you read this whole chapter, and just for length of time, I'm not going to go into it. In verses 7 through the following, it's going to talk about the year of Jubilee. Okay, um, we got some other things to cover. So let's just flip over to um, Leviticus 26. And verse 43. And it says, For the land shall be forsaken by them and shall satisfy for its Sabbaths. In the desolation without them, and they shall satisfy for their iniquity, 
because even because they have kicked against my judgments and their soul has loathed my statutes. Now, if you read this, this is talking about Israel not keeping the Sabbath rest for the land. Um, now go to Second Chronicles. So it says here that there was a judgment that was going to come on the children of Israel because they did not keep the commandment that Second Chronicles 36 that Yahweh gave them and Second Chronicles 36 verse 20 will will explain what takes place. Second Chronicles chapter 36 and verse 20. It says, And he exiled to Babylon those who had escaped the sword. They were slaves to him and to his sons unto the reign of the kingdom of Persia. In order, here it is, to fulfill the word of Yahweh in the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days of the de des desolation. desolation, it kept the Sabbath to the full measure of 70 years. So basically, in plain English, it is saying that because Israel did not keep this Sabbath, that Yahweh um, commanded that the land be repaid. And it was repaid, it was repaid, oh, I can't deal with this. It was repaid, it was repaid um, by them being sent 70 years in exile. So, because Israel didn't keep the Sabbath, it was repaid for what now? Because Israel didn't keep the Sabbath, the land Sabbath, um, Yahweh expressed a judgment upon them and sent them off in exile to Babylon for 70 years. Shalom, shalom. Hi, Lita. Hold on, I'm merging you. And... So they were sent back to um, they were sent back to exile, and Yahweh released a judgment that they had to because they disobeyed Yah's laws and commandments. Remember Deuteronomy twenty-eight. 
Verse 1 says, For those that hear and obey, it will be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And there are a blessing, and we'll get to it in a minute, for keeping the Shemitah. And then in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 28, it says, There is a curse that comes when you disobey Yah's laws and commandments. So here, Yahweh sent Israel uh, into exile for 70 years because they did not keep the land's Sabbath, the Shemitah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Now, in Daniel chapter 9, and you can read verses 24 through 27, it talks about the 70th week, and that 69 weeks has been fulfilled, but the final week has not fully been fulfilled and will not be fulfilled until the 70th week is basically the tribulation. All right? So, that has not yet been fulfilled. That has not yet been fulfilled. Okay, understand, understand this about the Shemitah year. Okay, the Shemitah year is the seventh year in a seven-year cycle. And if you look at so many things scripturally, they take place in a seven-year cycle or in a seven cycle. Yahweh created the first day, then the second day, then the third day, six days, and on the seventh he rested. Then he gave a commandment to honor the Sabbath and rest on the seventh day. In, the, in um, Daniel, it talks about a, the 70th week, which is the, a seven-year principle. All right, so when you keep the Shemitah year, it's the seventh year in a seven-year cycle, okay? Judgment always takes place on the first year because of what was not done on the seventh year the previous year. Now, if you want, I will give you some dates that... Um, I'm sure if you Google this, you'll see some of those teaching it, bring it up, bring it to pass. Okay, 1916 to 1917 was a Shemitah year, just like 2021. To, okay, so from the Feast of Atonement of 2021 to the Feast of Atonement of 2022 is a Shemitah year. Okay, 1916 to 1917, 40% of the U.S. stock market value was wiped out. 
Germany, Australia, Hungarian, Russian empires collapsed and Britain almost went bankrupt. So that, that took place on the first year of a Shemitah year. The same thing in 1930. 86% of the stock, U.S. stock market was wiped out. Now, I don't know my dates on the Great Depression, but I would assume that's when the Great Depression took place. Now, here's something to think about. And these are all just things to think about, ponder, pray about. If, according to the rabbis in Israel, many rabbis in Israel, they believe that the Shemitah year only affects the land of Israel and only affects Jewish farmers in Israel. 1930, Depression. If that is the case, and Yenny just confirmed 1930 was the Great Depression. If that is the case, why was America... Uh, Britain, Europe, Germany, Hung Hungarian, Russian, and all these other empires, why did they experience a judgment on the first year of a Shemitah cycle? So there's something to this that goes beyond the land of Israel and goes beyond just being a farmer. Okay, now if you look in 1937, okay, that's seven years later, 50% of the U.S. stock market value was wiped out again. And then you go another seven years, 1944. Um, oh wait, I forgot one thing. 1937, World War II started. And it started on a, on a Shemitah... Uh, the first year. And 1944, World War II ends. So seven years. It's a major event every seven years. And like Linda just said, it's a major event every seven years. But the majority of it takes has to do with the financial realm of things. Now if you go to 1972, again, 48% of the stock market wiped out. 1979, the United States and global recession. Um, 1990 or 86, 33% of the stock market wiped out. 1994, the bond market crash. Now think about this. 9-11, because this is 9-11 of 2001. That was a Shemitah judgment. Um, 2008, seven years later, what took place? The real estate market and 50% of the stock market crashed. And many people lost jobs. Remember, unemployment rate was crazy. Okay, 2014, there was a sharp fall in the markets again. And now we're at 2021. What's taking place? Pandemic. COVID. And one of the studies I did showed that 
Um, every, I totally spaced out what I was going to say. Brain fart, sorry, excuse me. You know, so every one of these, every one of these neg great negative experiences that took place in our nation took place on the first year of a seven-year cycle. Thank you, Yahweh. He just reminded me what I was going to say. When they took, they said that this amplified to a greater degree of judgment when they took prayer out of schools and they passed abortion as a law. That the level of judgment that was taking place was amplified, increased, multiplied. Now, if the curse for disobeying the Shemitah only affected physical Israel and the physical land of Israel. And what I was sharing before that Israel has changed, it used to be a land flowing with milk and honey. There was fruit trees everywhere, game was everywhere, your provision was everywhere. Now you go to Israel, it's a desert. I even was told by my sister Gloria, who lived in Roswell, New Mexico, um, I think in like the 40s, when her husband was stationed out at the Air Force Base, she said, and this was in the 80s and 90s, she said that the terrain there was plush it was green. There was water when she lived there the first time. 40, 50 years later, when she moved there, it was totally desert. Dried up, cactus, there was, there was nothing. And I remember one year when we had like a week of real good rain and you drove out into the desert, there was so much life. There was greenery. So, you know, why all this took place? And so, if, if all that the Shemitah Sabbath, if all that is only for the nation of Israel and only for Israeli farmers, why then, on the first year after a the seventh year Sabbath was supposed to take place, did America receive and other parts of the world receive and experience great judgment? I mean, it, it just, it makes a whole lot of sense. It's, it's just, you know, and it goes back to, think of the level of faith that it took for a farmer to say, okay, this is the Shemitah year and we're going to shut down operation. 
it would be yeah, it would be no less than a factory, a corporation. Look at Amazon. How many people use Amazon? If Amazon came out and said this is the Shemitah year, we will be closed until um, September whatever of 2022. Um, our employees will be well taken care of. They'll be provided. Now, one of the things I found out where when you live in Israel, um, like there, this one guy gave a testimony, he supplied the tomatoes for McDonald's. That's what he grew. Well, Yahweh was dealing with him about doing honoring the Shemitah Sabbath. He didn't do it. This one, this one, this one year. And then there was a rare disease, wiped out most of his crop. So the next time the Shemitah Sabbath came, he decided to do it. He stepped out in faith and he shut everything down. That same year, um, other you know, people that, that, that didn't honor the Sabbath, their crops were, were destroyed because of drought. And when he decided to, he got a bumper crop. And then the following year when he went to re-sow, he received an abundant crop. And the reason he stepped out in faith, one of the reasons he said was that up to that, that in that sixth year, he got an abundance of harvest. He got $20,000 from the government because he overpaid in taxes. Now, that never happens in America. They won't give it back to you. They take it and they find a reason why they can't give it back to you. Nonetheless, um, so there are curses, and that's what we've looked at so far, for disobeying the Shemitah Sabbath. And my head hasn't gotten around it yet, but it is very possible that Yahweh intended for all of society to take a Sabbath year every seven years for their health um, well-being, that would also mean kids out of school. Everybody gets the Sabbath. Kids got the Sabbath, got to enjoy the Sabbath on the seventh day Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. They don't, they shouldn't, they shouldn't work. They don't need to clean their room. They don't need to do that on the seventh day Sabbath. Now, the first day, get at it. Or on the sixth day, get at it. But on the seventh day Sabbath, they also are to rest. And so, you know, I said, Yahweh, how in the world do we do this? Is this accurate? You need to show me. Anyways, turn back to Leviticus. So, I'm not telling you to go tell your boss, uh, Monday morning, hey, this is a seven-year Sabbath, so kiss my booty. I think I will. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm, I think I will. 
But if Yahweh tells you to do it, then do it. Now, one of the things that you'll read in the scripture is up through the sixth year, Yahweh, it says, will bless the people three times greater so that they have more than enough provision for um, the seventh year. Then they have more than enough provision for the next year because they're not getting a harvest till the end of that year. Now something else Linda brought up. And that is, remember, when Joseph had the dream... Um, no, Pharaoh, had, Pharaoh had the dream and Joseph interpreted the dream about seven years of abundance, notice seven, and then seven years of famine, I think it's Genesis 41, and seven years of famine and, and the wisdom that came to Joseph from Yahweh was to put up provision during those seven years of abundance, so that when you have or experience the seven years of famine, there will be more than enough. So, the wisdom in this is that whether it's a down economy, whether it's were to take off on the seventh year, if you put up provision a little bit every year, every week, every harvest, um, then at the end, if you were off of work for a year, or if the economy went bad, or if you have what Yahweh's doing now in the earth against wickedness, Wicked spirits, wicked leaders, wicked go wicked governments. You you won't be affected because you will have stored up enough provision. Now, think about this. Okay, Joseph. In year one of the seven year of abundance, he starts to store up. Okay, so there's grain or whatever in the storehouse. And just think year, 13 years later, he gets to that level amount of grain. It's still not destroyed. It's still not moth-eaten, rotted, molded. And that was for all the people of Egypt. Right. Now here's one other thing I didn't mention to you. Um, that gentleman that grew tomatoes for the McDonald's people, the only seed that he could find when it came time to plant the seed, because he couldn't plant seed from other Hebraic farmers that disobeyed the um, Shemitah, he had to find seed that had nothing to do with that. The only seed he could find was in a warehouse that was mold infested and the seed was moldy and rotted. And he, he asked about buying that seed and the person just gave it to him. 
And you wouldn't think that would grow. He planted that in the ground, and that's when he received the abundant crop. So, you know, you think of you and I. How would we store up enough fruits and vegetables, you know, for a whole year? Now, meat, you could kind of store up a little bit in the freezer. I mean, it would, I don't know if it'll last a year, but at least six months or something. You know, last a period of time. But in the natural, you think, no way. But we're talking about supernatural. If Yahweh can't, and they didn't have no, no fans, no air conditioning places to keep that grain in, and yet he still did it. Why? Because he honored his word. Look, Leviticus 25, 18. It says, And you shall do my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments, and shall do them, and you shall live on the land securely. So, one of the promises is safety, protection. In verse 19 it says, And the land shall give its fruit, and you shall eat to satisfaction and you shall dwell securely in it. So again, it's talking about safety. Now here's a thought that just came to my mind concerning Yahweh's provision and the, the blessing of, of Yahweh that, oh, I forgot it already. I'll get, I'll get it back. Um, so the blessing includes um, safety. Look, we read in verse 18 where it says, uh, oh no, verse 19, it says, And the land shall give its fruit. Now, oh, here's what I was thinking a minute ago. Okay, think of all the droughts. Think of all the things that happen, you know, and they'll say this year there's a corn shortage or a wheat shortage or wheat crops got destroyed. Is it because of not just the Shemitah situation, but of breaking Yah's laws and commandments? That those are types of judgment and see, one of the things that many people are saying, and our governments are not getting it, our leaders are not getting it, they're not waking up to this. They're just in fear. They're just trying to stay alive. They're not waking up to why can't they get a handle on COVID? Why did it start in the first place. And it, it, it all goes back to the same thing, wickedness. Somebody was being wicked. So, and, you know, and it's just <laughs> multiplied. But yet, and even Torah-minded people have caught COVID. 
You know, we live in the world, but we're not of the world. But praise Yahweh that those that are Torah-minded that caught COVID prayerfully and hopefully no one perished from it. So it says here that one of the blessings is safety. Secondly, it talks about fruitfulness. Now, Israel was a set-apart nation, correct? And you and I are set-apart people. Now, everybody else around them was pagan to the bone. And Israel stood out like a sore thumb. And what would happen if you and I began to grasp and understand and receive the level of faith that we need to live the way he says to live according to the commandments he said to live, it would be no less than when Peter got out of the boat and walked on water to go to Yahshua. I mean, anytime I stepped out on that pool back there, I have sunk. And I have gone down. I even tried it when I was two years old. We, we, had a, on, we stayed on a lake in the summer, and my mom saw me. I was two years old. I jetted out of the house. Well, back then, you were always out of the house and your parents just kept an eye on you. And I started to head towards the lake. And my mom said, uh-oh, he's at it again. And so then I began to just walk down to the lake and she started booking it. I literally walked right off the edge of the pier. She said, you had no fear. You walked off the edge of the pier into the lake. Now the lake's not clear water. And all my mom did was stick her hands in the water trying to find some part of my body to grab me before I drowned. And she pulled me up and she said, it didn't phase you a bit. You're just spitting out water and ready to go again. Well, I wonder where all my fear came from then. But nonetheless... There's safety. Okay. The other thing is found in Deuteronomy 15. And remember in Leviticus 25, we said to read the rest of the chapter because it is a year of Jubilee, where debts are released. Now, one of the reasons that Yahweh established that every seven years, um, well, here, let's just read it. Deuteronomy 15, 1 and 2. At the end of every seven years, you shall make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Everyone who has a loan to his neighbor shall release it. 
He shall not exact it of his neighbor and of his brother, because the release has been proclaimed by Yahweh. And then it says, but from a foreigner, meaning a pagan, you can go ahead and command um, and keep receiving the payment. So here, it, it shows that Yahweh established that every seven years, everybody's debts was to be released. And the reason everybody's debts was to be released was to keep the rich from getting richer and the poor from getting poorer. It was to put everybody back on the humble same playing field. But yet, America is built on the rich getting richer, the servant being a, a slave to the lender, and the poor stay poor, and they keep getting poorer and poorer, and the rich keep taking, and the poor keep getting taken from. And one of the reasons that the first year of the seven-year Shemitah cycle that judgment comes could very well be because house mortgages are supposed to be released, car mortgages are supposed to be released. Yahweh even goes into explaining that in year six, if a brother needs a loan, you need to give it to him even though you know he's not going to be able to pay it back before the seventh year. And see, America is not set up like that. America is set up like a pagan nation. And it is a pagan nation. But the only way to reverse these things is to begin getting the truth out, to begin getting understanding from the scriptures that we need to obey Yah's laws and commandments, His statutes. Now, if a person is a pagan, then he gets no release. But if you are a Torah, blood-bosched, willing to follow Yah's laws and commandments believer, release, should take place in your life and it is possible that it will be done supernaturally. So, as we begin to or continue to grow in the knowledge of Yahshua, in the knowledge of the Torah, 
And we see that the scripture talks about this seven-year Sabbath, this Shemitah, which includes the year of Jubilee, just like anything else when we first came into, we had no idea how to keep this feast or that feast. We had no idea how what the rules were per se for the Sabbath. All we knew is that the Sabbath is biblical, the Sabbath never ended, the Sabbath never changed, and then we began to keep the Sabbath. Now, some of us may have gone to grocery stores on the Sabbath until we learnt, you know, that we should not be involved in commercialism on the Sabbath. <clears throat> but when we first started, our mentality, or at least my mentality, was the Sabbath is a day of rest um, and a day of worship. Because we go out to eat on Friday night and think it was so okay because Saturday was, like even when we first came, right. even though it was... They ain't going to hear you, so... Um, when <clears throat> when um, we first started... And we held Saturday night service. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we held Saturday night service, we still would go out to dinner or lunch, or maybe Friday night we'd go out to dinner. And But yet, the revelation we had at the time, we didn't understand that Friday, that Friday sundown to Saturday sundown was the biblical Sabbath. So Yahweh worked with us and was merciful just because in our hearts we were desiring to be obedient and we were being obedient to the level of our understanding. And the same with you. Well, you know, to the level of your understanding, say concerning the Sabbath or this feast or that feast or some other principle, not participating in, in pagan holidays, Halloween, so on and so forth, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Eve, you know, Easter, so on and so forth, you received it when you saw it scripturally, and then as more understanding came, more light came, more revelation came, more scriptures came, and then you began to obey the commandments per what thus saith Yahweh. So I know most of us, including myself, probably didn't have any clear idea of what the Shemitah was all about until we just began to learn it. Or we may have heard teachings, and I remember prophets prophesying, this is the year of Jubilee. There's a great release. The body is going to be released from this, that, or the other thing. And I always noticed nothing ever happened. 
I never knew anybody that got supernatural release. So now that we understand about the Shemitah, or at least a little bit, more than we did an hour ago, we understand that it's connected to the Feast of Atonement, and you'll read that in um, Leviticus 25, that they began to shout with a ram's horn the, the release. So part of the Feast of Atonement, I mean part of the Feast of Trumpets, is to announce the release is here, is to announce the Shemitah is here, and from, from this day for the next year, we have to give the land rest. Now, we just all need to pray, how does this apply to 2021, to where we live, how we live, our jobs, so on and so forth. And we need to just pray and say, Yahweh, you have to teach me. Order my steps in the way that I should go. And give me clarity, give me understanding. And begin to remember, I, I shared some months ago about the word increase and multiplication, that we prayed that we would increase and multiply concerning our understanding of Yahweh's laws and commandments. The same way that we would pray that we would increase and multiply concerning our understanding of Yahweh's feasts, which includes the Shemitah. Because this is the Shemitah year. Yahweh wants to bless you. Yahweh wants to release you from, from debts. And get ready for supernatural increase. Get ready for debt cancellations. Get ready for Yahweh to move on your behalf as you begin to um, receive understanding concerning the feast days and concerning um, trumpets and atonement. Um, I'm just about out of time on our podcast, so hang on, people. I'm just going to sign off here. So I just pray for those listening. I cover you with the blood of the Passover lamb. I pray that Yahweh would take this word and bring increase in understanding to you, that you would, you would receive it by faith, and you'd begin to learn and process this and receive it into your life and have Yahweh um, line it up the way He needs to line it up. I declare Yah's blessing upon you, that He would give you peace. And Father, anything that they're missing, anything people are lacking, any sin that they may be involved in, Father, we ask You to break it, destroy it, and set the captives free. I pronounce Your blessing upon them and in the power of Your name. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us. Our website is YahwehYahshuaAssembly.com or you can connect with me, Mark Pulley, on Facebook or MeWe. Until next time, Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make His face shine upon you. And Yahweh make a way for you where there seems to be no way.